Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. My name is Casey. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome into the Beers and Ears podcast. My name is Matt. Hello, everyone. My name is Casey, and welcome into the Beers and Ears podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. My name is Matt. Okay, ho- hold on a second. Matt, there are too many variances in here right now. We need to do some pruning. Seriously. Yeah, I, I agree. But, uh, hang tight, listeners. Let us prune, and then we'll come back to you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. That was just really weird. It was like seeing myself in like multi-vision. My name is Casey. And my name is Matt. We, we did all of our pruning. We're back now. No just, more variants hanging around. I just hope Mobius doesn't swing by. That wouldn't be very good <laughs> if that happened. So, uh, but seriously, welcome into the Beers and Ears podcast. And if you haven't guessed, we are talking about the hit of the season, at least I think it is. Uh, some of the reviews don't say so, but I think it is. Um, Loki. And I just want to say one thing right off the bat spoilers ahead if you have not watched through all six episodes of the show what are you doing listening to the show right now seriously yeah really at this point you should really know we will keep saying it but if you're listening to our podcast we're going to talk spoilers (laughs) exactly so that's what we're going to do we are we are into the loki so uh, real quick kind of as a back background setup thing here we had our last podcast on Black Widow last week, and we actually made reference to Loki a couple of times. And um, I just got done editing it. I popped it into our Dropbox to be released on Tuesday. Today's the 24th. So by the time you're hearing this, you've already heard that episode. But Black Widow's fresh in my mind because I just got done editing the episode. But here's what I'm going to say. Where Black Widow was the movie that I think we all like wanted to kind of move the move the MCU along. We kind of went to, it was the first outing out of the MCU since really Spider-Man far from home. It didn't do that because of exactly what it was. Loki and WandaVision and Falcon and the winter soldier. You put all the fact that we've had all this content since the beginning of the year together and boy, this is not your father's MCU anymore. Would you agree with that, Matt? The, I mean, this series especially really propels us into what Phase 4 is going to be. Yes. And that is the idea of this multiverse. And we knew this was coming. Like, I mean, we knew Doctor Strange's title, Multiverse of Madness. All the leaks with Spider-Man No Way Home, you know, where they're bringing in the multiverse. So we knew this was coming, but didn't really know how we were going to get there. And this series kind of propelled us in and just has gotten me just absolutely jacked for what's coming. Well, and you made some you made a point last episode when we were talking about, about Black Widow. I think you said it on, on the show. If not, it was just in our general conversation. But in that MCU is doing it's it, it's not it's using the comics to to kind of base its story off of, but at the same regard, it's not going just where the comics went. It is it is trailing its own kind of path. It's, it's forging its own path. And as such, when you go and do some research on the TVA for someone who didn't know what it was, or Mobius, or King the Conqueror, or, or whatever it is, you may get what it was in the comics, but that's not going to help you a whole lot as you've traversed this new path of what the MCU is trying to forge ahead of us, right? And so I think for that reason, I, I, I don't know about you, and I can't speak for every Marvel fan out there, but I get butterflies thinking about where we're going. And I know that's a really weird way to put that, but like, I, I remember, I remember this feeling when they were talking about connecting the Avengers and bring everyone together for the Avengers the first time around. And, and then now it's like, I get butterflies because it's not as straightforward of a story as it was. Maybe as we started to get into the Avengers a little bit, like it really is kind of what's going to happen. And I'm excited about that. Yeah, the, the, the first phase, so, you know, your Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, Captain America, Thor, and then Avengers were all, it was a pretty linear storyline. Like, you could see it coming, very easy and simple. This, the the possibilities are now endless. Yeah. You can bring in any version of any character that you want to. Whether MCU, Disney, or not. Like, that. that's, I think that's one of the things that really excites me right now, is that, with Disney's acquisition of 
of 20th Century Fox, which now means they have the rights to the X-Men and the mutants and everything in, in the Fantastic Four. And at some point, well, I don't say at some point, they, 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 they're they working with Sony really well about the rights with Spider-Man too, right? So in all essence, Marvel Studios basically has dominion over whatever they want to do here. And I have always been a crossover junkie. I have always been a crossover junkie. What excites me about this is they can bring in any version of anything, any way, anyhow, however they want to do it, including animated stuff. I, I, I have a belief that the introduction of Miss Minutes may very well be the fact that they could introduce some animation into this mix and make it cross with live action. I know that sounds silly, but what's stopping them? You, you, I mean, you absolutely could. I mean, this opens the door to Spider-Ham and, yeah. uh, you know, your, your, that kind of thing. Th- this really just blows the door wide open creatively. And I, I'm just I'm, I'm so excited about the future. But I, let's talk about the actual series. Well, hold on. Before we do that Sorry, real quick. So I just want to say one more thing before we get into the series. So Marvel did release an updated um, sequential order of when you should be watching of what's out so far. And as far as where these three series go, it looks like it is supposed to go. WandaVision, Loki, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is the, I think, the correct sequential order okay. is what they released, which I thought was really interesting to see Falcon and the Winter Soldier as the, or maybe, I'm sorry, maybe it was Loki, WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I just know Falcon and the Winter Soldier was the last one on the list, but that said, that sets us up for where we're going, right? Basically, we are caught up. You know, Sam is now Captain America, and the multiverses have been released, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so here we are. Now we can talk about the series. Absolutely. Yeah. So why don't we get into the episodes here? Here's here's what I noticed right from the outset of watching episode one was episode one of both WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You and I both admitted on this podcast that we're a little bit slow. Mm-hmm. The opening of WandaVision was like, what in the world? And then episode two kind of, you know, helped wrap up, you know, get some more into the weird. And the first episode of Falcon, the Winter Soldier was just like, OK, like this is just kind of dry and slow and mm-hmm. didn't really go anywhere. It was horrible. It, it yeah. was horrible. I, this, I stopped watching for three weeks after that. This starts out. You could argue starts out a little more explainy and slow, but the but I loved it. The him discovering the TVA and going through all that bureaucracy and that's a really hard word to say. And um, uh, the the whole like I I got uh, the wrong I I got the wrong variant Matt here. The other Matt would have known how to say bureaucracy, but you know, um, would have um, the the whole like this is a everything you've ever said sign here and then this is ridiculous and something prints out and he sticks it on top. Okay, and now sign this one as well. That was funny. The interaction between him and Mobius really throughout the series. Anytime mm-hmm. that Loki and Mobius are sitting down, just 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 perfect. Yeah. And then every episode just up the stakes and. It, it was it was like every Wednesday. I, I there were a couple mornings where I got up early yeah, to watch you it. Said that. That's how excited I was to watch it. You know, I, I completely agree with you, hundred percent. Episode one. I know a lot of people said it felt very expositiony. Exactly. I wanted that exposition. I wanted. I wanted the the callbacks. I wanted the feelings of what happened in Avengers Endgame. I wanted to see the time. Like when they run the reel of him dying at at Thanos's hand and he gets choked up and like speechless. Like I wanted that. I fan as many people, I fanboyed out over that episode, that episode, episode one, in my opinion, um, uh, not only did it start the series. Well, I want to say it was probably top two of the episodes um, that oh, really? of the six wow. episodes in my mind, it was top two. Uh, I think episode one was just a phenomenal episode. It set us up. I also think it did a really good job. And 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 um, I think Feige and some of the other top brass at Marvel said when they wrote Loki taking the the, the stone, taking the the Tesseract with him, and and jetting. They didn't know where they were going to go with it. It just happened. Like they had no idea what they were going to. I mean, they might have had some glimmer of an idea, but they didn't know what they were going to do with it. They had no idea. So that, in my mind, tells me that they, 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 they you know, they sat down, they reevaluated, and they figured. And, and what I liked about it was, 
it wasn't this world altering event that he had the Tesseract. Like, cause there was like all these theories coming around that he was going to come back and he was going to use the Tesseract. He's going to do all these things. And they could shut down in episode one or epi- maybe early episode two when they opened the friggin' drawer and there's like a, <laughs> there's a drawer full of infinity stones in there. Yeah. I just, I, I, re- I personally am an exposition snob. I love exposition in movies. I, and I, I think it was, I honestly think, I actually, now that I'm reevaluating, I almost want to say episode one was the best episode of the six. Mm, That's where I would put it. Yeah. Um, One thing I want to point out before we get too deep into like other episodes is I also, up until this, I really don't like time travel movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so really up until Endgame, I didn't like it. And because and this is what I don't like about it, is all of them have the same trope, which is, oh, don't change anything in the past or you'll have consequences in the future. And so what ends up inevitably ends up happening is someone goes to the past, they do something wrong, they come to the future. It's like, oh, no, this future is horrible. What happened? And they realize, oh, no, that one thing I did. Oh, no. I just I hate that trope. It's so boring and overused. And and any time travel thing is everyone's just like, oh, my gosh, don't change the thing. Don't change the thing. So I love what they did here (laughs) is that they make them variants and it's a offshoot of the timeline. And so it's not that they're altering the future. It's that they are uh, they are they are disrupting the sacred timeline and need to be pruned and their variants it's not uh you know jumping back in time and also it's it's a variant i i love that fresh fresh take to my knowledge has not been done of course i've not seen every movie ever but to my knowledge this was a fresh take on the time travel trope and i just found that so refreshing well okay and to that point it's actually more scientifically accurate so if sometimes I get deep, deep, deep into the like bowels of Wikipedia late at night when I can't <laughs> sleep. And, you know, if you've ever had a chance to, to, to just Google or Wikipedia what a black hole is, trust me, it, it will boggle your mind what a black hole is. But, you know, there's scientific theory. I know a black hole basically is this giant gravity sucker in the middle of space that basically once you're caught in its wrath it will suck you in but what happens after you get sucked in nobody knows like that because you know you can't measure that right there are theories out there that they are literally wormholes to other multiverses to other universes that that there are an infinite number of universes out there based upon the the decisions that any person being thing action event could make so for example in this universe i just put my 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 pointer finger up in another universe i could have put my pinky finger up that creates a chain event right that creates a potential other universe so in a lot of ways scientifically it is more accurate i think one of the reasons why movies probably have not gone down that path is it is exponentially more complicated than explaining one timeline where there's a past of present and a future yeah that that is much easier to explain that in this one timeline you do this thing in the past it's going to affect the present which will then ultimately affect the future so if you go back to the past then you potentially have affected the future and so you know einstein's theory of relativity has to do with space and time which is that time is not one linear thing it is literally a flat plane of existence and that's why two wormholes could technically fold onto one another and you could slip through one wormhole and then find yourself into another universe and (laughs) i'm telling you folks listeners google it cases of time travelers in the world you will see there are theories out there of these people who have come to visit there's this one picture from the 1930s man i'm not joking of this guy in sunglasses and he's wearing a t-shirt like a modern day like band t-shirt and it like there are people out there who believe this is conclusive proof that this is truly time travel that he came from a a period of time and he found himself in the 1930s when everybody else is in like trench coats and derby hats or whatever so i I just i say all that because i agree with you it's going to be an interesting ride and it's going to be really interesting to see how feige and his entire production team the directors and everything go about explaining all this through the course of the movies as well. 
Yeah. So for me, uh, top episode was episode five, the penultimate episode. Okay. Okay. Um, so that's in the void area um, with all the other variants. And I just thought that they did a nice job with that one. That was kind of the epic, it, the epic, uh, you know, kind of battle with the, the smoke monster thing. Mm-hmm. I, its name is escaping me. I'm so sorry. Um, the, uh, Elias. Yes. Elias. Thank you. Um, I, I really enjoyed, uh, I really enjoyed that whole episode. I thought the, the other Loki variants were, were very, very cool. I thought the, how that ended where this guy creates the, the classic Loki creates the Asgard and, um, that that to me was just uh, a really really great piece of of of, cin- of I mean I say cinema because I think it is like that was cinema quality episode in a TV show. Oh, 100%. That that episode was phenomenal. And then when they finally defeat, defeat them, the way that they set it up, that they're going to, you know, they see where they're going next. For me, I think episode one and episode six, you know, I, you know, it's kind of hit or miss. One was, I, I loved one, I loved six, and five was right there with it. Again, think about one and six, though. They're very exposition heavy. They are. For mm-hmm. me, and you know, you all know me, and I've said this multiple times, I am not an action um, heavy person. I'm more of an exposition person. You know, one of the things that I found really interesting about Loki and about Falcon Winter Soldier and about WandaVision that's different than one of our other shows on the Disney Disney Plus, The Mandalorian. Mandalorian, all of the episodes are directed by different directors. Hmm. Where with with these shows, every single one of the episodes is directed by the same person. So WandaVision, Mac Shack, uh, Matt Shackman, the Falcon and Winter Soldier, Carrie Skoglin, and then um, uh, uh, Loki, all by Kate Heron, which is really interesting to me that they're all directed by the same the same people, which I think helps keep that consistency and allows it to be like an extended movie versus individual episodic you know episodic plots because I think that's what Mandalorian does. Mandalorian was very episodic, where this you could literally put all the the, the episodes together is one big movie, really. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's what these really feel like, is it feels like just a big movie. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this on our solo uh, Star Wars story episode, where the creation of Disney Plus has made it so you can supplement these shows with the movies and not have a movie releasing every single month. Yep. And even in certain cases, had they done a Falcon and Winter Soldier movie... Would, would we have been excited about that? I, I don't know. Maybe. Like, I mean, we might have, I think. But the thing with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and we said this on the episode and, and the podcast, it it felt very like, at least in my mind, a rehash of what we had already seen. Like, it, it felt very, you know, phase three-ish to me. I, I, know that's, I know that sounds horrible, but it felt phase three-ish to me. It feels like WandaVision and Loki truly feel more phase four to me they feel Mm -hmm. like we've turned the corner well you know it's it's that whole it's something we've never seen before yeah this was a totally new thing in terms of the mcu it was it brought in new ideas new concepts and so it just felt like i was watching something new Mm -hmm. were any other parts that you just thought knocked it out of the park I, i think for me so this spans multiple multiple episodes, but I, you know, it's easy to think about it now. Uh, twenty twenty, you know, vision. We're looking back, going, okay, this makes total sense. But I want you to think about where we were in episodes one and episodes two, and I don't know if it, if it extended into episode three or not. Um, uh, well, really, episodes one and two, where the director and the production team and the writers really got us believing that this variant they were chasing was really the villain. Like, like they did a really good job, a really good sleight of hand of here's this villain over here. We want you to focus on. That's why we're bringing you on Loki to catch this villain. And then it's revealed to be this variant of Loki. That's a, a woman. So we're all like, what? And, and she ends up being a total kick butt character, but in like, takes Loki to task a little bit, but then real quickly you realize that, okay, no, she's not the villain. There's something else going on over here. And and I got to say, that's another thing about the TVA. And I know we're going to go a little bit more into detail on the TV in a minute, but you could just tell something was off about the TVA. 
all I don't know it was the lighting they used, the set design they used, you know, that that whole 1950s era, 1960s era vibe, it felt off. It all those all those scenes I felt uncomfortable when he was in there cuz something it felt too processed, too sanitized, which is exactly what they were trying to do. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I, I, they, that set design that, I mean, even if they weren't trying to create mystery, just, just from a pure like design perspective, it was wonderfully designed where it's got the old technology, mm-hmm. but that's really advanced. I, I, I really, really love that. And then have I you, love, have you real quick, sorry. Have you seen the, the thing that's been popping up here the last couple of days about the TVA logo and flipping it upside down? No. Okay. I'm going to send you right now. I'll open your Facebook up. <laughs> um, listeners, I'll, I'll make sure we post this in the, um, in the group if I, if I haven't already. But th- this was posted in a group I'm in, in a, in a spoiler group that I'm in, that mm-hmm. we talk about series. And, and I, I, I'm going to send this to you. Let me know when you get it. I, I, I got it. Okay. What do you see? I see Val. Uh-huh. Okay. The, the 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 TVA logo is literally upside down and it spells the word Val. Could that be something? Could Valentina blah, 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 whatever her name is have something to do with the TVA in the future? Hmm. Interesting. It is interesting. I saw that pop up in my feed and I was like, oh, that's that that's awesome. Lou Mangiello posted it actually. That, Interesting. That, that's where I got it from. Again, I, I don't know where I, yeah, exactly. I don't know where it's going, but anyway, uh that the TVA, go back to what you were saying. I interrupted you. Yeah, no, I, I love I love just everything about the TVA. I I Sylvie, I really loved her as a character. Uh, I, I thought she did a great, the actor who played her did a great job and that character felt mm-hmm. like it got an arc and wasn't shoehorned in. You know, a lot of times in these series when they try to introduce a new character, it can often feel rushed or something like that. This felt really like she got a good a good arc. Um, I, I, I mean, honestly, I'm going to ask you this question. Like, did, did you dislike anything about this series? No, I, I feel like they did such an extraordinary job looking at the detail and figuring out a way to kind of cover because this could have been a very complex and somewhat boring series if they didn't like the how do I want to put it they did such a good job just kind of like literally infusing comedic value and dramatic value and action value into it that just when you think it was getting a little over dramatic there's a sense of comedic timing in there with with tom hiddleston or even sylvie to some degree um or again alligator loki (laughs) like like i just there were no i i really don't i i can't say no i think (laughs) i'm I'm speechless honestly that's really bad for a podcast (laughs) (laughs) well i I mean i was trying to think of something to bag on it because you know, again, it's it's from a content perspective to just like come on everything and be like, it's great, it's great, it's great. Is I mean, is can sometimes be not as interesting, but I I can't even concoct anything that I disliked about this series. I think even like when we okay, so let's talk about the final episode because that one seems to have gotten some mixed reaction among. But before fans. this, can I ask you one question that kind of is just an overarching thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been contemplating this since about episode two, and I've saved this question for you, but I've been contemplating that. Is there an actor that plays their character in the MCU better than Tom Hiddleston? Hmm. That's a big question because there's a lot of actors out there. there I mean, it's 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 a tough one, and and uh, and you can say I'll think about it, and on our next Marvel episode I'll come back to it. But no, as mean, you're thinking, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of get you my my what I've been chewing the fat on. You know, Robert Downey Jr.'s up there. He plays Iron Man so well. Um, I I think Captain America has played very well. It's so funny. Those were literally the first. Those were the two that I went to in my mind. Was that. Yeah, I don't think they play it better than Tom Hiddleston, but I definitely think that they play it on par with Tom Hiddleston. I I and, just think I'm I'm watching in this performance where he's got this bravado and and sneakiness, and he 
when he's working with someone, you never really know if he's going to backstab and you can feel it in his voice and in his smile and how his mannerisms are just everything seems just perfect for the character. I and think um, that's what I've been thinking about I, over the I, past like six weeks. I think Josh Brolin's up there with the way he played Thanos too. Hmm. I, I really do. I think that I think the way he played Thanos. Here's the thing. I can't think I don't think Marvel has done a bad job casting many any of their characters but I, tom hiddleston i think you're right in that he's had to play bad loki good loki in the between loki and he does such a good job at at the you, you're guessing what you're getting out of him i i so I, I i can see where you're going with that i don't think there's any one marvel actor that's played played their character better but i i think there are definitely some that are on par and again chris evans and and robert downey jr are two um and, and i would even argue that um uh, Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow probably is up there as well. I think those those three would be would be close to it. Um, that was okay, just an interesting question. But yeah, no, it's, a, it's a really good question. It's a, <laughs> but no, I want to just talk about the final episode. You know, maybe this episode ends up being a, a little bit shorter than normal, just because you know we both agree, and I think a lot of our listeners probably do too. But I want to talk about the final episode because I think um, introducing the you know he who remains and. The whole the whole arc of the show has been building to this point for Sylvie for sure to figure out who's pulling the strings and take them down. You know, originally her. You know, if you think about it, there were really like three main antagonists throughout the show. There was Sylvie to begin with. Then there was the the TVA, the the actual um, the 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 elders or whatever they're called. Uh, sorry, uh, timekeepers. The timekeepers. And I guess Judge Renslayer kind of feels like an antagonist as well. I would say that she's an antihero because I think she wants to find out what's going on. But see, she. I'm going to get to Renslayer in a minute because I think she she's playing an interesting part. She plays a very interesting archetype as well. So I want to come back to her in just a minute. But when we get to the you know episode six, so now we get to that third antagonist really i guess you're right i guess she could be an antagonist for like one episode but then we get to okay who's pulling the strings now anybody who's been reading anything about marvel knows that at some point king the conqueror was going to get introduced and anybody who's done any research like i did on wikipedia you know that king the conqueror is a time traveler and king the conqueror has played a huge role in the marvel comics about things that have taken place in the marvel universe so you know that he was coming the actor they got to play him did an outstanding job playing him. I don't know anything about him in the comics other than, you know, I don't know what his mannerisms were like. I know he seemed to be somewhat cocky, etc. What I found and what I loved about the way they introduced him with, with Jonathan Majors playing him is that for all intents and purposes, the one who was playing him this time was kind of like, the mellow version, like the good guy version. He, he figured out a way to keep the bad versions of himself at bay. And then Sylvie goes and opens up a whole can of whoop, you know what? And before you know it, we're going to start to see some really bad versions of him coming out of nowhere. And you kind of, you almost kind of hear it in his voice when he says, see you soon at the end. Right? So I, I, I just, I absolutely loved his portrayal. I loved how he all he knew it was going to happen up to a very specific point. He's like, "All right, that's it. I don't know what's happening after this," and it 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 it, it really breaks down what has occurred. But it also, whenever there are movies or shows or things that get like this, one thing that I do find is that when you get so meta, like they've done here, you do almost feel a sense of like helplessness to some degree like almost like okay nothing that any of these heroes that we've come to know that are like all powerful like loki like thor like doctor strange or whatever how are they gonna battle that like literally they're battling things that are bigger than they are that x x ex essentially if i don't think that's the right word way to say it <laughs> um that's my word um like how do you battle that like how do you do you, does that make sense what I'm trying to say? Okay, I, I have so many thoughts and I got to compile them. So responding okay. to that, yes. And that's the challenge of a big bad in a phase where I think this is what they did so well with Thanos is that he feels unbeatable. Throughout Infinity War, he's just taken the Avengers to task. Yeah, I mean, okay, like they like the whole like battle on the the Titan 
his home world where they do all this stuff and cut him in the face and his response is all that for a drop of blood like it feels like how are we going to defeat this yeah guy? you're right I, I remember feeling that at the end of infinity wars i, I came across the soundtrack to infinity for wars the other day and I, I it was this it was the ending soundtrack when um that was playing uh, and I remember feeling that that dread that I felt after leaving the theater with the Infinity Saga. So you're right. It, it, it going back to your point of it, it's like how, how are they going to do this? Like how are they going to pull this off? But I, it even feels bigger and more monumental now. Mm-hmm. Like Absolutely. like this guy's like this guy's bigger than Thanos. Exactly. Like that's what's crazy about this. And there is there is a, a cartoon arc from a really old cartoon where like the Avengers are trying to defeat him and it's, he's just like easily disposing of them. And I don't remember how it ends. Cause it was a long time ago that I watched it. Um, and so, um, okay. So Jonathan majors, I learned, I read an article about this. Um, he improved a lot of that. He actually has an improv and clown background. Okay. And so like the, some of his getting up on the table and how he gave those lines, they had no idea. So the director was talking about how all of a sudden he's getting up on the table and all the cameras are like, okay, we got to move back, move back, move back. Like don't <laughs> ruin the shot. Come on. Wow. <laughs> so he improved a lot of that. The other interesting thing that I have seen pop up on the internet, and I don't know if this is just mere coincidence or whether this was actually planned. He has a line in there where he's like, I know everything up to a certain point. And his line is we've crossed the threshold. Yes. And if you line up the last episode of Loki with the last episode of WandaVision, when he says that is when Wanda has transformed into Scarlet Witch. Like, dead on. You mean the actual episode? So if you if you watch the episodes currently, when he says we've crossed the threshold is when she is literally changed into Scarlet Witch. Whoa. So I don't know if that is just sheer coincidence or whether that like well, actually no, means there, something. There, there's another thing going around out there right now too, that they, 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 they changed that final end credit of WandaVision. Like there, there's that, that it, like strange was supposed to show up. No, 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 like, no. WandaVision came out. Everything ran through. But at some point in one of the 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 episodes of Loki, I don't know which one it was, but at some point they re-uploaded a new version of WandaVision with slight changes in the end credit scene. Like like you can see some different like th- th- some trees have disappeared, some scene, and there's a theory floating around out there that 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 we are then now watching a a, a multiversal version of that now. Hmm. Like, and I wouldn't put it past Marvel to go that meta. I mean, to, to bring in our universe into their universe, like it would not uh, somehow I think they're going to rope Deadpool into that. I really do. Dead Deadpool. Here's why I say that Deadpool is a character who knows that he's in a comic book. Yes. Deadpool is a character that's been established in 20th century Foxland that knows he's in a movie. So it's not too far of a leap for that to come into the MCU. And it's already kind of, I think it's been confirmed that he'll probably end up being the first MCU character is actually MCU bound. So as such, it's not a far fetch for them to do stuff like this and mess with our heads. But yeah, that's I, I just, crazy. That was abs. I saw that. And I was like, no freaking way. Wow. But I haven't like, seen that one floating yeah, around. That's, oh that's man. So, that gives me goosebumps. But I, I, I was so excited that ah. they introduced Kang. First of all, they did not say Kang. Nope. Nope. Like, he who did, remains. Like, I mean, I mean, we're was, saying it's Kang, but it may not be Kang. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, it, it, <laughs> un- unfortunately, this is one of those things where they cannot say it in the movie, but, but it's it's all but confirmed. How do you know though? I mean, I know he's supposed to play him in Quantumania, but I mean, look at what they look look at what they did with the with the Taskmaster uh, gender switcheroo. You know, you're not wrong. Um, but the, like everything, like the look of the Timekeepers is very yeah. much the look of Kang. Like it, it's probably Kang. But in in general, I it, like I like that they didn't call him that. I like that he does not come off as the big bad. 
No. You know, you know, he is definitely kind of what we're assuming is the big bad for Phase Four, but it's probably not that version. This version seemed very friendly and very like, you listen, this is the situation. Here are your two options. I think you should do this. One of the things that I wonder about, so, you know, Thanos, Thanos became the big bad somewhat all the way through phase two and phase three. Thanos is kind of the big bad baddie kind of pulling the strings. And we later come to find out through some retconning really from the start. I mean, he's really, other than Iron Man, he's really kind of the one pulling the strings from the start. My question to you is, we, we think that King the Conqueror is going to be the big bad baddie through phase four. But further phases, like, is he going to grow to be this giant baddie that's going to happen not just for phase four, but potentially phase five and six? Or do you think maybe Marvel is taking a cue and maybe they've been listening to the podcast and hearing your Marvel villains theory and have decided instead of having little miniature villains throughout, they might have a big bad villain for phase four and a big bad villain for phase five. And and therefore it becomes a little bit more universe altering uh, a little bit more often. Do you think that could be it? I think this lays really good groundwork because one of the things, I guess one knock on Thanos you could do is we really don't get any development of Thanos until Guardians of the Galaxy where he, he has a speaking scene. And really beyond that scene, we get a couple of end credit scene where he, you know, breaks in and does the gauntlet. Fine. I'll do it myself. But otherwise we really don't get the development until infinity war, which worked out great, but I think I think because it has to do with the fact that it was I think I said they went back and retconned a lot of it. And Mm -hmm. again, that's that's kind of again, where we're at now from a reality perspective is back then, you know, they didn't know they'd have the ability to do what they did and they did it and they brought it together in a most masterful way. So now we have the ability for Kevin Feige to really plan this out like from the start in a really masterful way, I think you're right. I think we're going to have a chance to see him throughout. I know he's supposed to make his appearance in Quantumania, but I cannot imagine that he would not make at least some type of appearance in Doctor Strange. Yeah, I mean, I think you're now setting it up where he can have a scene in a lot of movies and kind of be a thorn in the side for a while. Mm-hmm. Like a and true comic. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I, I'm interested to see where they take it. Again, like they, they went they went different. They they did yeah. something different. And I'm excited to see, you know, how many versions of Kang do they run into? Is it, mm-hmm. do, they, do, do, do they defeat one and we think it's over? And then it's no, yeah. it's actually not over. They got to uh, be very careful with that. You can only play that trope ever so slightly. Ever think, so slightly, but you could do, do it. that once. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I because otherwise it gets to be a little like uh, the you know. Yeah. I but yeah, I think you're right. Once, they could though. do it once. They could do it once. And then what's interesting is you know if if MCU continues along, I know I'm thinking way ahead, but like what comes next after King the Conqueror? Because there's a lot of you know there's a lot of beings that are up there that that they could explore that would be even higher than him. Yeah, there's there's. Um pretty not the really one above all i think is one of them and um galactus is an obvious goliath one. goliath i um, think is one isn't it It'll yeah um, no goliath is a hero um okay. you're probably thinking galactus he's yeah, the world leader yeah. um yeah. dr doom is another one that that fans are clamoring for that and he's he's fantastic four right yeah he's he's linked with the fantastic four and his story arc is interesting because he he is the leader of a country and so similar to how Black Panther operates, where it's this dual thing of he's a villain, but also the leader of this country. And so that makes it very complicated to deal with him because you're dealing with a country, not just, oh, here's a villain did, that's just running rampant. Did they explore Doctor Doom with any of the Fantastic Fours in the past? Was he a villain in any of those? Oh, yeah. He, he, was, the, he was the villain in both of the Fantastic okay, Four movies, was. but okay. it was it was horrible. A horrible depiction of him. Well, so that, that I, I don't know. if you, Do you have anything more about Loki? Because I, I, I think it'd be a good time for a quick conversation about, like, we're at the point now where introduction of, of mutants and the X-Men properties and the could start to really come into play here. So do you have anything more on, on Loki? Otherwise I want to, I want to just kind of branch over there. No pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) Zing. Uh, No, I'm, I'm, I love the series. I'm, I'm so excited that they're doing a season two. Yeah. A hundred percent. And that's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Yeah. Like what kind of character does Loki become? Like we were expecting evil Loki and he clearly like, 
Loki clearly has a penchant for good, a penchant for good, and so clearly he kind of he kind of came into the same archetype as other Loki was. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens and whether they reintroduce him into you know will we see him in the the next Guardians of the Galaxy or Guardians the As Guardians of the Galaxy movie or you know yeah. or or whatever it may be or Thor: Love and Thunder. No, I, I this doesn't have to be a long conversation. I don't even know if I have any theories, but. You know, you think about think about the Fantastic Four franchise, and you think about the X Men franchise for just a couple of minutes. The Fantastic Four franchise has failed. It's been tw- twice now they've done it, or is it three times? Twice. Okay. Twice. It has failed both times miserably, both times. Is it really a franchise that you think Marvel would want to pick back up? Do you do? Could they do it justice, or is it just a bad franchise? Well, they've already announced that they're doing a Fantastic Four movie. Have they? Yes. I, is it? Is it? Is it? Is, okay, if they've announced it, is there danger that it's just going to fail again because people just don't have an interest in it? So here, here's the problem uh, with the first two. Uh, so the the first one comes out, and uh, Doctor Doom, the villain, stinks. The writing is. Is that and the one with Chris Evans? That's the one with Chris Evans. Um, okay, so he was like I, the, the flame guy, right? Yeah. I think the casting actually was very, very good. Um, I think who they got to play the characters was very good. But you look at comic book movies before the MCU, and the writing is just horrendous. Except for um, X-Men. I don't think X-Men was. Oh, the yeah. original X-Men? Yeah. yeah. Really? You listen to some I have a I have a special place in my heart for that first X-Men. Oh, I, I like them. But you listen to some of the writing and you go, oh. Okay. Fair <laughs> okay. enough. Um, right. And then really what killed that one was the second one because it was Rise of the Silver Surfer. Now, were they that – was, that was a sequel, right? Yeah, that was a sequel. But then they, did, then they did a reboot, though. So then they did the reboot. So the, the problem okay. that happened with Rise of Silver Surfer and why it tanked was they tried to do Galactus. Galactus uh, in the comics has this very specific look to him. I actually have a Pop Funko of him. Um, I can see him over there. He has a very specific look. He is like a giant person. Okay. And they made him into like a cloud. Mm. And so it, fans were like, what? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so that that killed that. Then they tried this reboot. And the reboot is just uh was one of those movies that was just doomed from the start. Okay. Where the director has this vision, but the studio says this is where you need to go. The director comes out as the movie says and said this movie is hot garbage. It should have been my it should have been my vision. This is not my uh, creation. This is what the studio wanted. <laughs> it's almost similar to what happened with uh, with um, the, the 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 DC universe, yeah. and the one that just happened with yeah, the, the yeah. Justice League, where they ended up re-releasing all this other stuff and and. And the acting was, they tried this like dark take on it. The acting was horrible. It was just, oh, it, it's, it's a bad movie. I truly believe that the Fantastic Four is an interesting, has an interesting character, uh, has interesting characters in it. That the idea that uh, this is a family that really in terms of comic books, um, not so much in the MCU, become the first public superheroes like everyone knows their identities you know the kind of the trope of very early kind of like before. almost like incredibles was in some yeah. way yeah well no well, they didn't know their identities yeah, so, right. identity. identity. so it was very yeah, much right. like, oh it's kind of like what happened with tony stark okay yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay yeah so the mcu that's not so new but in terms of comic book wildly popular i think there's a lot of great stuff that you can do it just you gotta write it better <laughs> well and the question becomes do they do an origin story for them like that's going to be if they. If it, it sounds like they're doing it, so it'll be really interesting to see who they get to cast it, how they write it, and then what the story ends up being. As far as the X Men goes, again, I, I'm a huge Fox X Men. I love the original X Men uh, movie. I, I wasn't in the the cartoons when I was a kid. I know a lot of people were. I wasn't, but the original X Men movie I loved um, came out when I was a freshman in college. I loved. X Men Two. I love. I um. I love the third one. Actually, I thought with with the with the Phoenix. I thought was was well done too. And then they went down this path of like X Men First Class, and which I got excellent, which I couldn't stand. I I, oh. I didn't like it because it had none of the same. Like it was none of the same actors. They completely except except for um uh Hugh Jackman, um who I think made a cameo if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, 
like it made no sense to me. Like like and and it, it, this is where studios can can get off their rocker a little bit with reboots and redos and sequels. And you know me, I'm a sequel guy. It sucked. It sucked. I I, I watched it. I was like, this is horrible. Oh, like see, it has X-Men nothing. First Class was was one of my favorite X Men movies. Not me. And then they did Logan. Logan was its own little thing, but it was still tied to the universe. And then they did X Men Origins Wolverine, where Ryan Reynolds oh, plays man. the the horrible version of Deadpool. It's like so. That movie's awful. And and then they end up bringing it all around and tying the first class with the original, but it was done in this really weird way where, so they've got a mess to clean up over there because here's the thing. And this is what I'm trying to say. You enjoyed X-Men first class. You kind of enjoyed that part of it. I enjoyed the initial part of it. What do they bring over? Do they bring any of that over? Do they just start fresh? I think you just wipe it clean. Um, the only thing that you could bring over is if Hugh Jackman wants to play Wolverine, fine, you'll let him. But you just wipe it clean at this point. Yeah. Um, and you go totally separate storylines. You know, there's some really, really interesting storylines you could go. Do you think they, um, do, they, do they go like with the start with Star Wars and just call it this is this is Marvel Legends. This is this is it's this is a you know and, and, and like these these are just this is stories people tell about these characters, but this is actually what's going on. Yeah, you here. say you say those were movies that were made there and no, no, I, I mean in universe though. Like, do you somehow make them? I don't know. Like, I like, think you. I think you totally just disregard just, them. Just disregard them completely. I think yeah. you just go hmm. go total reboot, and uh, and I, and I think I think you would have no problems doing that because there's some really cool storylines you could do down phase five, six, seven. Yeah, there's a whole great comic book line of uh, that's Avengers versus X Men. Interesting. And yeah, I guess you're right. I guess I guess there's just a lot of baggage there, and you're right. For them, it would just be easier just to wipe it clean. You're not saying that they couldn't bring some of the storylines back into it and just retell them, yeah. but you're right. Yeah, to try to bring it in as – yeah, you're right. There's a lot of baggage there. I would be shocked <laughs> if they never did a like a, a Dark Phoenix saga, if they didn't do the Phoenix saga in yeah. the MCU. Like that would that would shock me if mm. they didn't do that. Um, yeah, again, I just think there's, there's so many great storylines, but I think they do have to wait. I think you they think so? keep. I think they got to wait a little bit. There was a lot of X Men stuff that came out. It's Fair very enough. fresh in people's minds. I think there's some great lineup of stuff coming. Don't rush the X Men in. Like you've got plenty of great content. Oh yeah, the, they've got plenty of content. They yep. Don't rush with um, you know, keep these other characters going and then wait a little bit and then bring in the X Men. That's what I'd like to see. Though I would also not be upset if they said, "Hey, we're announcing the X Men in the next movie." It's not like I would think that would be a <laughs> or, terrible or, idea. Or they could they they could also just pop them in as a cameo too. I mean, again, I really do believe Deadpool is going to be the first one we see. I think I think we're going to see a cameo. Um, you know, I, I agree. Easy with, cameo. He's an easy cameo appearance. I would love to see Hugh Jackman to continue to play Wolverine. I think, I think that could maintain some continuity, which I think would be great. Um, and it makes total sense, but you're right. It, it, I guess we'll find out because we've got a lot of content coming in the next year and, oh, yeah. and it's, it's crazy. So, all right. Do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up? I'm, I'm so excited for, You've, we've got three movies and a TV show for, and we talked about this last week, three movies and a TV show at the end of the year. Holy yeah. cow. Like Marvel content just. <laughs> we might not be able to get to our uh, our holiday content with all the stuff coming out. My goodness. <laughs> I, in all honesty, though, we may not have a lot of holiday. I mean, we've only got, if you think about like mid-November through December, we've only got six, you know episodes because we're only doing one episode a week so it's not going to be like last year where we had all this time for content but we'll we'll um, still fit some holiday in speaking of content before we get out of here so we know we have been very heavy on the 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 star wars and the marvel the last couple of last couple of episodes the last three episodes have been dominated by anything but disney technically but we do have a lot of disney coming up um next week we've got raya and the last dragon the week after that we have got luca and the week after that, we actually have a Diz Games listener challenge. And then the week after that, we've got a top 10 Walt Disney World resorts. So we're going on to a full Disney stretch here pretty quick. Two movie reviews, a, um, a Diz Games listener challenge, and a top 10. Um, so for those of you who are not necessarily Marvel or Star Wars um, 
it, it, we're coming back with some of that stuff. We get it. Um, and then really to round out um, August or moving into September, the last episode we have planned for that is the mailbag episode, the listener right. episode. So um, be on the lookout on our social medias for um, – uh, the ability just to ask questions. We'll post it up, say, hey, guys, we're doing a listener episode. Uh, post your questions. If you want to send them to us now even, if you want to start emailing us now, you can do that. Um, and and really, it's just kind of a potpourri episode, me- meaning we'll, we'll answer or do whatever. So Yeah, we've never done a mailbag episode. And we want, no. to, we want to hear your questions. Uh, yep. And on anything, whether Disney or a personal question you have about us, it doesn't matter. Ask away. <laughs> One final thing before we get out of here, um, I just, in case you guys didn't see the news yesterday, there was another list of Disney store closures yesterday that came out. I want to say it's probably 16 or so stores. I believe at this point, all stores in Canada have officially been announced and will be closing. Um, I believe all stores in the UK or Europe at this point are also on that list or will be on that list. And then several stores, uh, including one here, Chicago Ridge got announced yesterday. Um, So just heart goes out to the cast members and, and, um, you know, you, you don't have to be a cast member to make magic. Anybody can make magic, and you'll always be uh, – once a cast member, always a cast member. So, yeah. Anyway, all right. It's closing time, Matt. How do they get a hold of us if they want to send a question or, you know, leave feedback or, you know, just complain about the show? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have never gotten a complaint uh, email. Hey, which, hey, uh, hey, hey, hey. Be good. Just be speaking <laughs> of the universe, it becomes a thing. <laughs> we did have somebody tell us. We did have somebody tell us that our, our background music was too loud once, so we did try yes. to adjust that and fix that. But yeah. anyway, go um, ahead. So thank you to that person, so we can adjust that. Anyway, um, you can email us beersandears1928 at gmail.com. Uh, on our socials, Facebook group Beers and Ears Podcast, Twitter and Instagram at Beers Ears 1928. As always, leave that review. Uh, dr- uh, uh, subscribe to the podcast or follow or whatever it is on the platform you use five stars five stars it takes like 30 seconds to a minute and really really does help us uh you know i've been i've been researching some of the uh analytics and things like that and uh it, you'd be amazed how much getting those reviews does bump us up the charts so thank you to those who have done it and if you haven't please if you could that'd be excellent i also want to say quick shout out we've had a lot of new members join the facebook group in the last probably 15 20 days um many of you came over from the ornament post that i shared last week came over from other facebook groups i think we had like 25 people join the podcast uh group in the last like last 15 days or so we're up to like 460 or so in the facebook group which is really cool so shout out to new members please invite your friends and family let them know um you know we do this not only for us but we do it for you as well so uh, let's raise our glasses matt and uh this episode has been on us. We will see you again real soon. Bye, Bye. everyone. Thank you for listening to a Sorcerer Network podcast.